0: All right. uh, Welcome to Further Up and Further In, a podcast. Uh, My name is Matthew Huff, and today I have a special guest, Mr. Fred Gilkinson. He is the head of the Christian Life Department at Landmark Christian School in Fairburn, Georgia, and one of the godliest men I happen to know in my life, and just a great friend and mentor to me, and. More specifically, a fellow Narnian, <laughs> in many ways. Breathe that air. That's right. Um, and so, what I wanted to do is just pause right in the middle of the line, "The Witch in the Wardrobe," and have a moment, just as a sort of intermission, to be able to just talk with uh, one of my best friends, one of my one of my closest mentors and and heroes and guides, and just get his wisdom and his experiences with these great stories um, with Lewis, but also as an educator, um, just to pick his brain on why. Narnia ought to be read and taught, why as parents and as teachers, we ought to um, bring Lewis back um, and just guide our children and guide our students toward beauty and wonder and courage and some of these things that are kind of archaic and not popular terms anymore. Um, And right before we went on air, I shared a quote with Fred. Um, This is from one of Lewis's essays on, on writing for children. And Lewis says, since it is so likely that they will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. So, Fred, I just want to ask you: heroic courage, brave knights. Why are these things so necessary in 2019 for our our students, for our children, for the next generation?
1: Well, of ours, well, Number one, thanks for having me here. Yeah, of course. this is great. And uh, I just love your heart. I love your blog, Back to Eden. I love uh, the quotes. Uh, you have inspired me uh, to dig even for, further in, in Narnia, further and further in. Of course. Uh, so so it's, it's also great for me. But uh, being around students and even parents, uh, you know, uh, Lewis writes in Mere Christianity, uh, one of the things that uh, is so dear to Christianity is hope. And the hope is the things that are to come, the things that are really true, the things that are really real. And and for a man or a woman to um, really make a mark on earth is having the hope of a future, having a hope that what Christ said is true, having that hope. And then a man that shoots for that makes the impact on earth, and a man that stays on earth makes an impact on neither. Right. And uh, and so we need to be reminded, you know, right. that these things are true. And the stories of Narnia just gives us another clear uh, picture um, and, and a way to articulate these things. You know, what what do you say? If there's a book that you can be read at 10 and reread at 40 right. And and you get more understanding in at forty than you do at ten is an incredible book and that's what I think the Narnia series is right. all about.
0: We so here at landmark so one of the beauties of of having Fred here is that we get to teach at the same school and so a lot of conversations in the hallways or just between classes visiting each other's classes. But uh, I get to teach seniors Lewis and you get to teach some eighth graders ninth graders um, the Bible which is an even greater privilege but also to be able to weave in some of the Narnia stories and clips from the film and some of the things like that. And I know that there are a couple of students you've taught who have latched on to um, the moment where the white witch sees the party, uh, all the animals rejoicing that Aslan's on the move, Aslan's instructions on how to uh, resurrect all the stones that he says the lions are gonna do this. And I just, I have to ask you to share those stories because you get to see kids really lit up by these particular moments. Yeah. So do you mind just talking no, about it? No, oh man, it's
1: just so good. You know, Proverbs 25, 2 says, you know, is the honor of king to conceal or hide a matter. And it's the glory honor of kings to see, it's the honor of God to conceal it. So, you know, some things are concealed. Yeah. We, we just can't see them unless we begin to seek them. And then all of a sudden, Narnia Stories brings them delight, and all of a sudden it begins to click, and then they begin to seek even more. So I just love that. And uh with uh m- with my two classes I had this uh last semester, uh it's neat that we go through the same thing, but each one of them latched on two different things. Uh, the first one was uh, when Aslan came back from uh, Aslan came back from uh, uh, the dead, was resurrected from the stone tablets and, and uh, stone table, and was going ready to go into the battle. And so he was saying, "Okay, all you slow ones, get on the back. Uh, those who can sniff out the war, get up front, so you can sniff out the battle." And uh, and he's talking about us lions. Uh, As far as we can carry, we can run. And all of a sudden, the regular lions just go, he said, us lions. You know, not only that we're now a part of the battle, but we're like him. He's calling us as if we were him. And uh, that just resonated in one of the classes. And it was a bunch of girls. And every time (laughs) I see them now, they say, us lions. Because here's the thing is, all of a sudden, we know now that not only that there is a God but he enters into our lives. And not only that, he uh, fights for us. Not only that, now we become more like him. Right. And he calls us as, as we really are, where the world just tells us what we think we might be. And it's well, and always fall short. And
0: part of that, too, when, when Lucy and everybody stumble into Narnia and they start discovering that they, and especially when the Beavers tell them there's a great prophecy that. Humans will come. You get this idea that Peter and Edmund are going to be kings. And Susan and Lucy are going to be queens. And you see that as they get to participate yes. with Aslan yes. in his kingship. Yes. And then the line there where it's like us lions are going to go do this. And yes. you see the ordinary lions like, that's him and me. Yes. That's yeah. I I am. I get to be kind of like Aslan yes. in this. Yeah. This is a great calling.
1: And yes. that's what God, you know, he said, we're a royal priesthood, a holy yes. nation. You know, uh, you know, of course. And that just lights you up and you just feel the courage that is breathed into these students. And when they hear us lions, and when we see this, so now we've had a touch point for right. the last four months or so since I had them in class uh, at the very beginning of the year, uh, that still us lions, us lions. So it's just a connection point. And then for the guys, I had a, bunch, a group of guys that of course we went through the same thing, different experience. <laughs> different experience, all guys. So, uh, so they're looking for something else and, uh, we were going over the part of the story where, you know, like you said at first, uh, winter is melting, spring That's is fine. coming, Aslan's on the move. Uh, the white witch's uh, uh, sled got stuck in the mud because there's no more, you know, the winter is
0: when breaking. Yeah, breaking. Uh,
1: and then she had to walk and she comes <laughs> up with these, these characters of Narnia, which are animals. Right. And they were partying, you know, uh, and rejoicing because of spring is coming, Aslan's on the move, what they've heard in the past. Oh no, it is really true. And uh, they were just celebrating. They were the original original party animals. So, man, so from from that point on, it was probably about three days after that first class, we talked about party animals, you know. Woo! (laughs) You know, they're just yelling. No, it's not a bunch of frat boys. No. No, that's what it is. Better. Better. That's right. And who else would celebrate other than us? That's right. And uh, so from here on out, every time I'm passing some of these guys, they all yell out party animals, you know way down the hallway, and they're again, touch point. So here it is, you know, party animals, yeah, and then also us lions, and also and now they're starting to make the connection That's right. That, that this is real, and it, and, and it brings to life even with a Narnia series.
0: I heard somebody say this once. I don't remember who it was, but they talked about the, the desire to have a sticky education yeah. where as you move through the fields of math and English and so on, that things stick to you. And then, as they stick to you, they become habits, and they, begin, they become part of who you are. And those are the sorts of things that, at the moment, they're, they found a point of contact where yes. this appeals to me yeah. as a 14-year-old boy or something. Yeah. But then, when they're 34, that has become a worldview. Yes. That, you know, it's it's sunk deep, mm-hmm. and that's where you think of the seeds that are
1: sown mm-hmm. now will will blossom. And I just. And It just gives a platform. uh, Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't need a platform, right? But (laughs) he goes where he wants. He goes where he wants. But the Holy Spirit will speak to them, you know. Whenever many years down the road, of oh, what is the the original party animals? Who is that? You know, us lions. I mean, the Holy Spirit is just God wants to make Himself known. Yes. And, And when we give tools and give things for these kids. To see that and it's not just the kids, it's me. Right. You, you know, you've really changed, you know, a lot of things that I feel and, and see just through your passion with Narnia. And uh and it's just exciting for all of us.
0: Well, one of the things too, and, and we talked about this privately a lot, but it's become a real um, cornerstone to the way I try to teach whatever it is I teach. And it has to deal with the scene, the party animal scene, and that's the idea of Christian
1: revelry. Yeah.
0: There's this, you know, Piper talks about Christian hedonism, that God is interested in his own glory through us being pleased yes. by the things of God and the pleasure we find in God. And I think that has, an, that has an outworking. If you are finding your identity in God and that is a joyful, pleasurable, fulfilling thing, that's going to manifest itself in how you live. And so it's those scenes where I see revelry, celebration, Dancing, feasting, everything that the Psalms talk Dance. about, as something that that at least in our current climate, it seems like we are desperate for yeah. community, bound together by a central purpose, and that central purpose is a joyful one. Yeah. And I think anytime you expose, especially a student to that, somebody who's who's seething and dying for pleasure, yes, and you connect, you plug them into the source of it all. Then it's the party animal. That's when you say it's not a frat, yes, because that's that's centerless. Oh yeah, that's that's just that's so chasing low. that's that's yeah. the the Ecclesiastes yes. chasing the chasing the the wind. Yeah. but this is celebration of a king. Yeah. There's a a king has been crowned. Jesus is sitting on uh, on the throne.
1: That therefore celebrate, yeah. declare the news. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that the that the Father has given us to be thirsty for. And, uh, and we try to find it in many different ways and never satisfied. And, uh, but when they really see these things, maybe through Narnia, maybe through other experiences that once they begin to taste it, oh, really? Revelry should be us. We should be the most joyous. You know, the cosmic kill joy is not God doesn't want you to have joy. It's just the opposite. It's, it's the white witch that turned them all into stone so and, 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 and killed them all. Uh, well, of for, for, course for a season, right? Right. Uh, um, because she couldn't stand this joyous celebration of what we should be for. So when they begin to have a taste for that, then they just want more, they didn't know they was thirsty for this, right? But now they're, they're realizing that you know, what What? Lou say, mere Christianity again? He said, Uh, you know, God gives us desires in our heart to be satisfied, we get hungry, so He gives us food. That's right. Uh, a duck loves to swim, so there's water, yeah. But there, if there's some things on earth that I cannot get satisfied, what's the
0: we're made, we were made for another world? That's we're right,
1: made for the another world,
0: and that, I think. All too often, and that's part of the part of the whole appeal of Narnia—at least it was to me—is this uh, um, this portrait of a world that I believe I was made for. Uh, it's like that quote we started with, where because you will meet cruel enemies in this world, life is hard. Life is a struggle: uh, bone cancer and two-year-olds, uh, poverty, disease, hurricanes. I mean, it's, life is hard. So let our kids have heard of brave knights yes. and dragon killing. And it's like, that's the beauty of story is it reminds us that we were um, John 16 in this world. You will have trouble, yeah. but take heart, chin overcome up. Uh, you will overcome yeah. it because I have already overcome yeah. it. That, and then that I think I see in Narnia there that you will sit on the throne because I am sitting on the yes. throne. Right? Peter will become high King Peter yes. because Aslan is the king. Yeah. And then, And so giving kids this, what we call breathing Narnian air, these these experiences of fairy tales, but fairy tales with truth at the core, is so that they go out into their own difficult, you know, is this world always winter and never Christmas? Yeah, at times. But you've been taught what to do with that, right? You lean into the prophecy, you obey, you trust, you fight well, chin up. Um, I think that turns into a life of, happiness and joy because you're, you're doing the thing you were made to do.
1: And then the world sees you in those circumstances of chaos and trouble and yet sees your response of faith, hope, and love. And then all of a sudden Narnia becomes real to them. And, 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 of course, Christ comes real to them, right. uh, and 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 so that's the the exciting part with these kids. I, I I pray, and even in my life, you know that as we go, that we need to be reminded. It's just not the kids. Right. I need to be reminded. Hebrews, you know, is you know it's going to get it's going to get bad. It's it's going to be difficult. Don't lose heart. Right. Do not give up. We need each other. I mean, that's the whole book of Hebrews. Right. So it's just uh, a constant reminder uh, through God's word, prayer being with the church and then man going into English and going into Christian life classes and hearing Narnia and seeing it in a different thing and making those touch points that oh and, and I see the transformation with these kids. Mm-hmm. They sometimes they read it well, I just don't get it. Right. And then we as we begin to talk about these things, then all of a sudden the conversation goes. Right. And then you stop and stop, you stop a lot of the conversation within yourself and you just listen to them. And the Holy Spirit, oh, it's it's been so good. And you see that beautiful unfolding. Yes, because God wants to make himself known. Right. And he will do that.
0: So that proverb that you mentioned, Proverbs 25, uh-huh. that, I don't know if I'd ever, if I had ever really registered on that until I heard you talk about it a couple of years ago. I heard you just mention it in passing. And I have since thought a lot about that. That God, the idea that God likes to conceal glory yeah. so that we can discover it. Yes. That is such a great that in this universe God has tucked away secret glories. Yes. And because he likes the process of us disc discover- yeah. oh, yeah. oh man and the yeah. and it's not as though we are getting smarter or or no. we're trying to outpace him. It's just that God is sitting back delighting yes. in the fact that he is becoming more and more and more known as we are yes. pressing further in. Yeah. <laughs> And to think that 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 tells me why we teach kids science. It's like because God has tucked away glories up there in the stars and down in the earth. And so we (laughs) and we over here think we're so innovative with our microscopes. And and God is just likes being discovered. And I just that what a great reason to teach and to, you know and to see that in Narnia where there's greatness to be discovered and you have to yeah. climb further into yeah. it
1: and that's where the books go you know and then all of a sudden you go to the next book after Narnia and then you learn more about the professor and his background. That's right and then also whoa I did not know this yeah. and whoa now there's you know there now I know where the wardrobe came from now I know I, you know so yeah. there's mysteries to be revealed that then when you go back to the original Narnia the story. Then you go, oh, you see it it's, it's see it all over, that's and right. I see yeah. how it gets. And that's the Father with us. That's right. You know, we just, uh, you know, uh, we just see, you know, see Him from glory to glory. He changes us from glory yeah. to glory, more and more like Him. And uh, the mysteries that have been hidden, that He is going to reveal to us. Right. Oh wow! If we just seek it out. Well,
0: okay. And part since we're talking about the mystery of God, as it is discovered, because God is. I think Paul says in one of his words that he, he wants us to to grasp that which cannot be known. You know, it's just like this whole yeah. self-defeating. I want you to, God is infinite. God is unknowable. God is incomprehensible. And yet I want you to know him. Yeah. It's like, how? Yeah. And so this idea of God as holy, completely not like us, you know, because the Greeks, their gods were temperamental and yeah. They bickered and they were yeah, like well, us they were projected angry of, either, but yeah. but the Christian God is entirely other and the word that that we use and that Lewis used is the idea of the numinous mm-hmm. that God is sacred God is holy God is um can, sin cannot be in his presence and one of the questions I always come around to especially when I'm thinking about um students I have now and just you know I'm, I'm only 32 but I feel like I I'm looking at changes that have happened since I was a kid, and it's just very difficult to not become cynical. Yeah. Where you just say, like, nobody, it, it seems like there's no concern for the holy, yeah. there's no concern for the sacred, that you are on holy ground and this is worthy of awe. And so, do you see, you know, do you see that as something that's on the decline, at least in America? Yeah. Um, something that we are losing a sense of the sacred, and if if so, the bigger question is how can we return to that as a as a nation, as a church, yeah. um, and you know does Narnia help instill or mm-hmm. provoke within us this love mm-hmm. for the numinous?
1: Yeah. Well, Romans tells us in one chapter one, it says we've tri- we've ch- exchanged you know the the uh, incorruptible for the corruptible. Yeah. We we have we we have taken the incredible virtues and switch them with some things that are counterfeit. That's right. And uh, and, and, and without an awakening in us, we'll head down that road. And I, I do see, you know, first that from the time that you was growing up, that from the time I was growing up, I'm 56 now. And uh, I just see the decline uh, of, of the numinous, of this wonder uh, and holiness of God. I remember growing up as a kid, I, I didn't grow up in a church. You know, we wouldn't, it was not part of our family at all. And, uh, but I remember one time getting in a truck with dad and headed to the farm and uh, a, a Sunday radio preacher was on and I kind of was making fun of him. And my dad looked at me and said, Don't you ever make fun. He's talking about, he's talking about God. Now, he's never said that. Right. But there was some, but there was something there. It's almost like there, now maybe the lawlessness. Has, uh, is more aware and is awakened um, but that's why we even more so you know that's why God says in Romans that every is with that excuse because of the numinous <laughs> and then talking to my classes I said what is the numinous for you and that's another big key word for you know my class yeah. that they're attached to now my daughter who I had in my class which was a glorious gift that you gave me uh, a first with uh, the material that, you know, you worked on uh, is, Oh dad, look at it. Look at the sunset yes. and this numinous. Oh, look at this. Isn't it new? I mean, this is a conversation now that's, that is entwined with our family right. now it is, and that's what Paul said. You, you have eyes for it. Yeah. You're searching for it. Yeah. Now. You're searching. And when you see it, you just, Oh, that's what it is. Right. You know, and that's where we want to be. I mean, we talked about this, that, when our kids get through landmark, we want to ruin them for the world. Yeah. That they, they can't even watch a commercial, they can't listen to a song or a uh, a TV program without. Uh, I know what they're trying to say. I know what this is. Yeah. I know what this is, and this is this is. False. I see straight through it. Yeah. that's right.
0: I was uh, I was talking to another one of our <coughs> Christian life teachers about. He teaches juniors, uh, and he was talking about uh, going through apologetics, which. I think a lot of people think teenagers would latch on to just because they are logic chopping. Everything's black and white, you know, yeah. and to go through these sorts of um, evidence that demands a verdict, uh, the case for Christ, yeah. that sort of thing, you'd think that would really awaken within a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds, a real interest. And he was saying, man, it's interesting that you know, a good number of them aren't, aren't moved by it. They don't yeah. find it to be that big deal. I said, so I wonder why that is. Cause I, when I was a kid, I had doubts that, you know, how do I know that this is really true? And a lot of apologetics arguments really appealed to me. And he says, no, I don't think it's that. He said, I think this upcoming generation is more moved by um, aesthetics and story and beauty rather Mm -hmm. than logic and argumentation. Because we live in an image saturated culture um, where things can be filtered and photoshopped and prettied up. And everything depends on appearances and everything depends on uh, on that. And I said, "Well, what a great argument then for us to, we, as Christians, to promote the beauty of God, yeah. and not just the logic of God. There has to be a creator. Yeah. There's a creation. But then to start saying, consider that desire that you have for meaning and for loveliness and for art and yeah. and beautiful experiences and so on. Where do you think that came from?" Now I thought, what a great occasion for Lewis's view of God as the the holy one, but also as the beautiful one, yeah. to come. And Aslan's name
1: being holy, but also really attractive. Yeah. Well, and things like that, you know, they cannot be taught. Right. They got to be awakened. That's right. And for some, you give an argument, you know, of apologetics, and that awakens things in them, you know. But maybe not everybody. Maybe, like you say, maybe it's the arts. Maybe it's the music. Maybe it's uh, you know the poems. Maybe maybe it's different avenues in which God awakens them. Right. Um uh,
0: Or even Eric, is it Eric Little? When yeah. I when I run, yeah. I feel the I feel yeah. the pleasure. Yeah, find
1: favor on me when I run. Yeah, you know it's, it's just a sunny, it's the experience yes. of God. Yes. That yes. they're after. Yeah, and then as we're we're overlooking the track now, and I see, Erin uh, Figgins, one of our runner down there. You know, she she finds favor. Yeah. As she runs and as she does, so that we can't stick everybody in a box, right. and, you know. And I think sometimes that's where the American churches come: okay, come in, sit down. I'm going to tell you something. Okay, now get up and you can leave now. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's got to be so many other things because right. God is diverse, right. you know. And uh, it, these things just got to be awakened, and uh, and the Father will find, you know, the touch points for each individual. We just got to be able to. Walking all out right. in all these areas. That's
0: why stories
1: stories are,
0: you know, especially Narnia, but stories are, are great occasions for that because it's a moment for you to yeah. empathize. Yeah. It's something that appeals to that yeah. part of you. It's not like reading um, an instruction manual or something that's logically laid out. Right. This is something that the environment of the thing sweeps you in. And so you get to experience uh, heroics and you get to experience villainy and betrayal that's why I think Lewis gets it right in many ways by trying to uh, portray the beauty of the gospel with a lion and with yeah. children and a witch. Yeah, and, uh, anyway. yeah we're, we're in a, we're, I, we need to say we're in a press box right now overlooking our, our football field. And walking in, it's a beautiful blue sky day in Georgia. And, I was, and we were w- walking in. I said, man, what a day. And. And Fred goes, Oh yeah, me one day I said, Why are we not on the lake? <laughs> Which is another thing about experiences of beauty and, and the numinous like that is that you feel some sort of response is necessary. Yeah. That something beautiful has happened. I need to yes. act. Yes. I need to worship. Yeah. I need to there's some kind of invigoration yeah. that goes on. Man, do we need that? Yeah.
1: And 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 too, uh, already I have got kids in my class last these are these are uh, middle school kids, you know, that hey, I went and walked in the woods today. So why'd you do that? Just for the numinous of it. Yeah, I needed oh, to. Oh, you kidding me? Just for, and they're saying for the numinous of it, and they understand it's this all of God and being around and in His presence, and, and He's so much more than the written word. He, he is life, and, um, and and so as they go and experience and do, and what you know, Spring Breaks getting ready to come up. I pray as they go to the beaches and everywhere else, they just see, "Oh God, look how big you are!" Glory. Yes. So if you plant that in their minds, you know, uh, and 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 just continue to repeat and and show them experience it to them, um, they they won't forget it. Right. I mean, because the Father wants to make Himself known, and uh, and that's what's our awakening, right? Uh, in in these kids, you mentioned how when you were talking about the you
0: know, don't bad mouth a preacher. He's talking about God and yeah. I don't believe in him, yeah. but there's just something there. Right. I still think there's this, this sense of reverence when you have, you know, like a state funeral for president Bush yes. or when you have a wedding or something and feel like, ah, oh, this is, this is important and yeah. dignified. We need to do something. Somebody yeah. read a poem. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. we we <laughs> need a music. moment of silence. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Where yeah. there's still this sort of holiness is here yeah. and we have a duty. Yeah. To respond, yeah. we need, and I think that's ingrained in us. We yeah. we recognize it's you know when you're at the Grand Canyon, you're like, oh, take a picture, somebody yeah. do something. We need yeah. to save this. Yeah. I think that preservation of the holy and the and the sacred, I think is you know it's not going to go anywhere. But I think the source of it being in Jesus yeah. is what our call is. Like that right there, that you're feeling, Jesus
1: will satisfy. Yeah. And and through these stories and everything else, you keep coming back and. and I'm surprised that the kids are making the points yeah. in their lives where their life fits into the story. And uh, that's when it becomes so rich for me is now these kids are going, oh, yeah, that's me. This this is where I'm at. Oh, yes, there are four thrones right. and it's meant to be somebody on there. Guess what? It's me. No, it can't be me. It's got to be right. somebody else. No, it is you. are you. a co-heir. With yes, Christ. you're a yeah. co-heir. Us lions. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: This is your story as well. Yeah, that's yeah. the because when you read a story, then you come out into your world and you recognize this is a story. Yeah. That God is authoring something for me to participate yeah. in.
1: Yeah, and what, what is it? You, you go find a little bit about Narnia yeah. there. It, and, yeah, you, and, you, and you know Harvard. me here that you might know me better there yeah. or something like that. So yeah. we know Aslan... There, but when we bring him out here, we know God even more
0: here. And right.
1: uh, it's this rich.
0: Well, we are running low on no the way already, already, yeah. And so I'm gonna spring something on you that okay. you spring on me. Every okay. now and then, when I'm walking into your classroom, you you might stop class, whatever it is you were saying, and say, uh, give us a word. Yes, give us a word, Mr. Huff. So I'm gonna say. Fred, right, give us a word and we'll close
1: out. All right, here's the word uh, I just love. I love John seven seventeen. He does willing to do, then he will know. The key thing is not the doing, it's just the willing. Yeah. If the Father comes and calls us, are we willing to do whatever he says to do? Me, I want to go, okay, you tell me what to do, then what then you I'll, want to do, and then I'll decide if I want if to. If I'm willing. That's not what the Father says. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, And uh, that's what Jesus said, you know, not my will, but his. And uh, that's just love that is this, I I will know the things in the hearts of God. If I just be willing, Father, whatever you tell me, it's a yes. So may it be so. May it be so. Yeah.
0: Well, Fred, thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode as we come back into The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Thank you all. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast?